My Seven Chakras, Episode 71. To offer no resistance to life is to be in a state of grace, ease, and lightness. The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body, from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, action takers? AJ here, and we are back once again for another episode that is sure to uplift, inspire, and change your life. So action takers, before diving into today's show, I have a small message. One of my all-time favorite books that really transformed my life was Think and Grow Rich. So firstly, if you haven't read the book already, grab a copy and read it because I assure you that it will change your life. I keep going back to the book time and again, but recently I was on a short, I'm sorry, not a short, but a long bus journey. I decided to revisit Think and Grow Rich. And I want to read out a short passage that really stood out for me during that journey, which I felt would be apt for today's special episode as well. It reads, Faith is the starting point of all accumulation of riches. Faith is the basis of all miracles and all mysteries which cannot be analyzed by the rules of science. Faith is the only known antidote for failure. Faith is the element, the chemical which, when mixed with prayer, gives one direct communication with infinite intelligence. Faith is the element which transforms the ordinary vibration of thought created by the finite mind of man into spiritual equivalent. Faith is the only agency through which the cosmic force of infinite intelligence can be harnessed and used by man. I'll leave you with just that thought so that you can use this little spark to blaze your own trail. And let's continue this conversation at my seven chakras, our Facebook group, which you can join by going to my seven chakras.com slash T R I B E. That's my seven chakras.com slash tribe. Visit the link, hit join, introduce yourself to the other members in our tribe and get ready for a human revolution. And today I am simply electrified to bring you our featured guest, Mark Allen. So Mark, are you ready to inspire? <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> Wonderful. So Mark Allen is the author of several books, including Tantra for the West, The Magical Path, The Greatest Secret of All, Visionary Business and others. He is an internationally renowned seminar leader, entrepreneur, author and founder of New World Library. So Mark, I've given our listeners a short intro, but fill in any gaps that I may have missed and tell us a little bit more about yourself. <laughs> well, that sounds pretty good to me, what you said. Uh, I came from the Midwest of the U.S. and uh, leaving college, I know I was in the worst health of my life. Mm -hmm. uh, college was horrible for my physical, mental, and emotional health. And uh, then right out of college, I found a little book called The Art of True Healing by Israel Rigardi. And that's where I've discovered a simple healing meditation and it led me to discovering the chakras and yoga and things and I, I really think within 
a few months, mm-hmm. my body was completely healed with a simple exercise I got from that book and with a yoga class I started out of college. And to this day, I credit my lifetime of perfect health, knock on wood, uh, mm-hmm. to the yoga classes I took in my early 20s and to that book, The Art of True Healing. Well, thanks a lot for that awesome intro and since you are the featured guest for today you have a golden opportunity to light a little lamp of inspiration in our listeners mind by sharing an inspirational quote so mark what is your favorite inspirational quote and give us one example of how you apply this quote to your life you warned me this is coming and my first thought was there have been so many over the years i tend to take quotes Mm -hmm. from books i've done it since my 20s write them down and put them up on the wall. But maybe my favorite over the last decade has been From the Power of Now, which is certainly my favorite nonfiction book of all, my favorite Mm life-changing book, The Power of Now. And I remember I got up to page 155 and came to this quote, and I stopped reading the book. I kept picking it up every day for about 18 months and I was stuck on this same sentence so I've been reflecting on this sentence ever since I read it and it has become I would say my favorite quote because it's so helpful and I Mm -hmm. think of it so many times every day now it's just habit and the quote is to offer no resistance to life is to be in a state of grace ease and lightness And just repeating that for me shows me first the cause of our problems is our own internal resistance. And when we let go of that, grace, ease, and lightness rush in and fill our being. And I I love that quote. I think it does summon grace, ease, and lightness into your life just by repeating those words. Mm -hmm. You mentioned the state of grace ease and lightness and i don't know the but the way you said that i could actually feel the experience of grace ease and lightness and what came to my mind was that as you rightly mentioned we're always in a state of doing and what we need to realize is that we're not human doings but we are human beings yes 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 and so as soon as we let go of any resistance and even any mental thought we are filled mm-hmm with grace, ease, and lightness. We can summon it with those words. And I've often thought about it. I think grace almost feels like something that descends from Mm -hmm. and fills us. Ease comes from within. Ease is an inside job. And then lightness is, I think, who we are, the reality of who we are. We are not these physical bodies. We are the light energy that animates these physical bodies. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful when you say grace descends. I could, in my mind, just imagine the grace of the infinite intelligence or God or whatever name someone might give it, but the grace, the light shining down upon us from universe and really blessing us and uh, uh, enabling us to uh, be the best versions of ourselves. So thanks a lot for uh, reminding us. Now I know that you've written many books and I've heard that one of the books that you cherish the most is The Magical Path. What inspired you to write that book? 
You know, I thought at first it would be a very short book because I wanted to just include the simple, simple things that I'd found over the years that have changed my life. My first 35 years, I really struggled financially and struggled emotionally. And then things came together and I turned it all around. And I wanted to put into a simple book the very simple things that have changed my life. I'm completely undisciplined, for one thing. I'm unorganized. Any time I've tried to even meditate for a regular time every day or something, it's never worked out. I don't have that discipline. Mm -hmm. And I finally, in my mid-30s, realized I don't need that discipline at all. My own path is something I need to discover for myself that works for me. And so I found these very simple exercises. None of them take over a few minutes. (laughs) And so that I could do. These simple, short little exercises I kept doing. And they really changed my life. And so Magical Path was me looking back at exactly these exercises. I thought at first it would be short because there's just a few exercises I do regularly. Mm -hmm. But then I kept thinking more. Well, I did that. I think that had an impact. And I would wake up at 3 a.m. thinking, oh, I did that one. I'm sure that had it. And I would get up and write more. And the book got longer and longer. So Mm -hmm. it's really quite a lengthy book. And I tell people it's like a big buffet. Just take a few things from it at a time. Just sample one chapter, even one part of one chapter at a time and sit with that for a while. Don't try to do it all at once. And that's how I discovered it. One little thing here, one little thing there. The One of the most powerful things was this very simple little meditation through the seven chakras that we can do l- later on. I'd love to just do that to show people its its simplicity and effectiveness. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned that you are not that disciplined. And when you said that, that uh, gave me a sigh of relief, so <laughs> to speak, because a lot of people say that you have to do this and do that in order to lead the perfect life. But it's so true, as you rightly pointed out listeners you have to find out your own path it might be different it might be not the same route that a lot of people are taking but you have to carve out your own path yes yes we are all unique we're all unique Mm -hmm. and even if we're we choose a tradition and stay right in a certain tradition we still interpret it in a very unique way that fits our lives. It has to fit our lives. It has to work for us. I tried in my 20s studying other traditions. I spent six months at a Zen center, which was very good for my health. But after I mm-hmm. left, I realized I did not have that, that discipline to meditate every day like they required. And then I went into a Tibetan center for four years. And I, I learned a lot of things, but then I had to leave realizing... I'm not Tibetan. I can't use another language. I can't use the the rigorous kind of uh, exercises they had. They're wonderful for Tibetans. But I came to feel they need to be totally adapted to Americans and 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 the rest of the world. And, And that's what a lot of my work has been, to take what I learned that really affected my life and adapt it in a way that really works for me, which involves short things in English that I deeply understand. Mm -hmm. Now, could you talk to us about 
your life before you began using principles like affirmations and creative visualization. I heard that your story is one of rags to riches. Is that true? Uh, yes, I did really struggle through my 20s. Uh, I was born knowing it was good to do what I love to do. I had a hmm. very important piece of the puzzle. I think it's because I had two older brothers and one did exactly what the parents wanted. He studied business. He wanted to work for a big corporation. He was the parents' dream. But he was never mm. passionate about his work. He was passionate about golf and fishing. That's what he loves to do. <laughs> he should have been a golf pro or a fishing guide, you know. But mm -hmm. uh, but I just I saw, oh, you can't do what your parents want you to do, unfortunately. You have to do what you want. My second brother came along and he fought my parents. He was the total rebel. He was the parents' nightmare. And I saw that didn't work either, at least for me. I saw it. you can't do what your parents want. And yet by fighting them, I think I got this real early on. When you rebel against something, you're empowering that. Mm -hmm. So I didn't rebel and I didn't do – but I didn't do what they wanted. I I just got on a deep level, this life is important. Later on, I realized it's a great opportunity. This life is a very unique thing and we should really treasure it and do what we love to do. What we love to do is a very important thing. So I did that. I did that all through school. And then in my 20s, I was first an actor and then a musician and then a Zen student and then a Tibetan Buddhism student. And then I put together a rock band and I did what I loved. But I had no sense of how to make it work financially. So it was a total struggle financially. I was a total poverty case uh, until into my 30s. And I even started a business the day I turned 30. I sat down and literally imagined five years had passed and everything had gone as well as I could imagine. What would my life look like? And I had this dream of having my own company, a publishing company, cruising along profitably and beautifully so I didn't have to work too hard. I started on that having no money. But finally... All the things I'd learned through my 20s and early 30s came together in my mid-30s and everything started working. Everything started working. Mm -hmm. So it's wonderful that you had two brothers who wanted exactly what his parents wanted, what your parents wanted. Uh, but you felt that was a bit on the extreme because you can't just do exactly what your parents want. At some point, you need to do what you want as well. And your other brother was on the other extreme. He was a bit rebellious. Yeah. And it seems like you found your middle path by doing what you love to do, but at the same time, not being rebellious uh, and actually following your passion i love that you were in a rock band as well yeah. uh, that's interesting <laughs> yeah that was it was fun and the music was wonderful but we had no sense of good management of, and what it takes to work in the music business had i known then what i know now right i would have sat down with the band saying we don't have a manager we need somebody to plan a strategy we need a marketing strategy <laughs> mm -hmm. But I had no concept of that then. Mm -hmm. Now, talking about strategy, about a life strategy, how does a person go about using creative visualization or affirmations to attract the life they want? Are there any steps or techniques that you would recommend? Mm -hmm. Definitely 
affirmations have changed my life. I started affirming. I've just found pages of them that I lived in an abundant universe in my late 20s, early 30s. I'm now living in an abundant universe. My mind slowly shifted from poverty to a feeling of, oh, yeah, this is an abundant world. I definitely found a phrase. It was from Napoleon Hill, I later found out. I just heard it Mm -hmm. on the radio. When I hit my financial low in my mid-30s, I'd started my business. I'd financed it a lot on credit cards. I was 65,000 in credit card debt. And my company was on the verge of bankruptcy. And this was in the early 80s. I was thinking 65000 in today's dollars is probably three times that. Yeah. It was, I, it was, I was deeply in debt. And uh, I remember driving, driving into work one day and hearing on the radio a quote of Napoleon Hill saying, Within every adversity is an equal or greater benefit. And I lit, it was like a light bulb going off. I literally pulled over and wrote that down. I thought, I need to remember that. And I put it in big letters on my wall. And then underneath it, I put it in my own words. Within every problem is an opportunity. And then mm-hmm. later on, I picked up the Bhagavad Gita and found mm-hmm. in there the quote, even in the knocks of life, we can find great gifts. And I put that underneath. I had these three big quotes. Within every problem, there's an opportunity. Okay, I have a problem. I'm nearly bankrupt. What is the opportunity? And I found once you start asking what is the opportunity within the problem and what is the benefit within your adversity, what is the gift? Once you start asking that question, you get answers. I started getting answers. I have a great opportunity to build a company here, but I haven't been taking responsibility for it. I've been looking for someone else always with more knowledge than me. I had no business experience that I started a business. I'd I'd been a musician and an actor and a spiritual seeker. That was my background. And I started a business knowing nothing about business. And it nearly collapsed. It nearly went bankrupt. But then I heard that quote and I started saying, what are the opportunities here? And immediately I started seeing opportunities. Well, we need to get better distribution. We need, and I, I took control, and within six months or so, the whole company turned around and was profitable and has been profitable ever since. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that you were 65000 in debt and your company was on the verge of bankruptcy. <laughs> and what comes to my mind is if you, are, if you owe that much to the bank, it means that you are somebody, right? Because the bank does not just lend to anybody. <laughs> uh, and so in that is definitely a huge opportunity. And like you said, you noticed the sign around you and action takers. Keep in mind, no matter what challenge you face right now, health, physical challenge, or maybe relationships, any of that sort within every adversity is an opportunity and a benefit. Your mind has to be quiet in order for you to notice these signs that the universe is trying to send to you so that you can gradually pick the breadcrumbs that the universe throws for you. So <laughs> I like that image, yes. And it's so true. If you just ask the questions, what is the opportunity mm-hmm. within this problem? And then be quiet and listen. Something will arise. Something will arise. Or maybe later you'll see a sign somewhere or you'll hear something on the radio or something, whatever. The universe will tell you. The universe will give you the answer if you put out the question and then be quiet and listen and look. Wonderful. Now, in one of your videos, you had shared 
how you went about attracting your ideal home and that story really inspired me could you share the story with our listeners you mean the uh the, the actual physical home the the home i bought yeah yeah i mean did i tell i know that was one of the few plans i made the day i turned 30 mm-hmm. i made written plans for starting a business. And there I knew nothing about business. So all I could plan was read a business used 101 textbook (laughs) and talk to people who knew more about business than I did. Then once I did that, I learned about business plans and making a plan. But I'd made these little brief one-page plans. And so for real estate, I lived in a very small apartment in a funky part of Oakland, California, not a nice part of town. We had bars on the windows and things. It was cheap. And I sat down and I said, okay, what's my plan for real estate? And I said, first, move to Marin County. That's the beautiful part of the San Francisco Bay Area. It's across the bay from Oakland. And it's it's the most gorgeous area I'd ever seen. And so I said, okay, move there and rent. And then build your company until you can afford the cheapest house. The cheap somewhere I read a single family detached home is the way to go. It's it appreciates in value better than a condominium or anything. So that was my second step. It was get into the literally the cheapest house in Marin County. But get so I had my area and I had my goal of get into a house, buy a house. It took me about five years, but I was able to do that. Then my next step was wait until it appreciates enough to move up into a nicer house and then wait until that appreciates enough to move into my dream house on a hill. And I just, I saw it in my mind, a big white house with a huge tree in the yard on a hill with an expansive view. And that's exactly what I did. That's the only plan I ever made early on that where everything happened exactly according to plan. Every other plan for my books and music and publishing company has changed a lot. But that plan that plan did not change. So I love how you boldly exclaimed, move to Marin County, build your company till you can achieve the cheapest house, <laughs> but a house in that county so that you can feel you can feel it. It's beautiful, it's gorgeous, and you are with the people who live in that space as well. And I really love the step by step by step approach that you had to manifesting your life. Now, Mark, many of our action takers. Now, by the way, action takers are what we refer to the listeners as fondly, but the action takers are on the verge of taking a bold step towards transforming their lives. And often when we set these lofty goals and visions, sometimes doubt creeps into our mind, right? I don't have the money. I'm not smart enough. What will people think? The audience will laugh at me. I don't know how to give a public speech. I don't have the degree or how will I ever make such a big change? What advice do you have for such a situation? The older I get, the clearer I see it, and the simpler it is. And I can put it in Mm. simpler, simple, simple words. I realize there's just two essential things to creating the life of our dreams. Two essential Mm. things to do. The first is to dare to dream. To dare to dream. To go for it. I even I did a little exercise the day I turned thirty that some friends of mine had just had told me about, where you just imagine five years have passed and everything has gone as well as you can possibly imagine. What would your wow. life like? 
what would your life look like? What is your ideal scene, they called it. I did that the day I turned 30. I wrote ideal scene, and I imagined five years had passed, and I was living my dream life. What did my life look like? I wrote it down. It just took one or two sheets of paper. Dare to dream your ideal. Your ideal. The biggest, most expansive dreams you can. Dare to dream. And then the only other essential thing is learn to deal with all the doubts and fears that inevitably arise when you dare to dream. Doubts and fears will arise. They do for everybody. They certainly did for me. They, they arise. And the bigger the dream, the bigger the doubts and fears. But you can deal with those doubts and fears. There's all kinds of ways. There's good therapy. There's, a, you know, a good friend. The, my books are filled with all these techniques. There's a simple process called the core belief process that I learned when I was 28 at a seminar that mm-hmm. really has us look at every one of our doubts and fears and really get into it deeply and see what we're telling ourselves on a deep level what are we saying and realizing it's not true even if Mm -hmm. it's based on some deep belief they called it core beliefs i've changed it to underlying beliefs because core sounds too solid because they are core they aren't (laughs) solid our beliefs can change and will change so you get down to that underlying belief. It often is, I am not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't have what it takes. There's this missing. There's that missing. Whatever it is, you shine the light of your awareness on that. Oh, I'm telling myself, I don't have what it takes to succeed. When you nail down that belief, then you just start You're telling yourself exactly the opposite. You start affirming, I am enough. I am enough. I am now succeeding in an easy and relaxed manner in a healthy and positive way. I am now creating the life of my dreams in an easy and relaxed manner in a healthy and positive way. That's what I started saying to myself when I turned 30. And those are the words that eventually changed my life. I said to myself thousands of times in my early 30s, I am now creating total financial success in an easy and relaxed manner in a healthy and positive way. I said those enough and slowly my deep beliefs that I wasn't good enough, I didn't have what it takes, I needed more education, I needed more money, I needed more talent, whatever it is, you can affirm that stuff away and affirm the truth, which is that you're brilliant and creative and unique and you have what it takes to create the life of your dreams. Mm-hmm. So listeners, dare to dream Go for it. You are here for a reason. You're listening to us right now for a reason. Ask yourself at this moment, no matter what you're doing, you're sitting at home, you're in the car, you're uh, in the park, garden or whatnot. Ask yourself right now, what would your life look like five years from now? Your ideal life, your dream life. Don't worry about how you're going to do it, but ask yourself and then be prepared for the universe to send things your way. And on the way, you will learn to deal with the doubts and you learn to deal with the fears. Yes, yes. That's well put, AJ. Now, Mark, it's often said that money doesn't buy us happiness. And to that, a few respond laughingly saying, that might be true, but I'd like to find out myself. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you've been there. You've yes. manifested and attracted wealth, fame, and respect. So based on your experience, what is true happiness? Ah. Uh, You've hit something really essential. Mm-hmm. Money does not create happiness one bit. In fact, we find out 
that true happiness has really nothing to do with anything external to us. True happiness is an inside job. And so it is a lot easier because to achieve because it is not dependent on external success or a certain size of a bank account or a certain nice environment to live in. That has nothing to do with happiness. Happiness is completely an internal job, looking within and finding that deep inner peace that's beyond our anxiety beyond our thoughts and the key to that goes back to that original phrase I mentioned that I've meditated on for years from Eckhart Tolle to offer no resistance to life is to be in a state of grace ease and lightness that means a state of happiness by letting go our resistance to what is and enjoying what there is to enjoy in this moment we find happiness and it is not dependent on anything external the right career the right house the right job the right relationship have nothing to do with our happiness so there you go listeners true happiness is an inside job let the universe know what you want and let it conspire for you so that you can get the dreams that you've always wanted so mark i've read that you're a firm believer in the power of experiments and taking action is there a health tip that you can share with our listeners that we can implement immediately oh a health tip yes uh i have a wonderful simple exercise that i do many times a day without even uh, consciously being aware of it now but as i said when i left college i was in terrible health i'd done way too much crystal methadrine mm-hmm. i couldn't walk up a flight of stairs without pausing because my heart was racing so much at the exertion of a flight of stairs uh, my friend who was doing as much as i was died way too young at 21 when and he he was a dancer too in a dance company so he was physically in wonderful shape but that terrible horrible drug mm-hmm. destroyed his body and it it was really hurting me i i remember one teacher just looking at me saying i don't know what kind of drug you're doing but you got to get off of it cuz she could see immediately that my health was so bad well i fortunately did quit doing that and then right after that i found that book the art of true healing and it had this simple little exercise that i did flat on my back to this day i do it flat on my back or just sitting in a chair as like i did it just before this call i do it before a meeting before a call before anything i just sit take a deep breath and i just imagine a healing light at the top of my head my crown chakra like a crown of light of healing light energy and then i just imagine it as i breathe out slowly descending slowly through my whole body through all seven chakras feeling filling each chakra each part of my body with healing light energy and that's all there is then i often breathe as i breathe up then i pull that energy up through my entire body and then as i breathe out i let it again just shower over and through my body down 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 as i breathe out just in and out cleansing purifying healing my entire body that simple little visualization is incredibly powerful i've said to people even you don't have to believe in its effect or anything just imagine that it's doing 
something really good for your body and you will feel results from it. When I, I often to this day lay on my back, especially like in that lull in the afternoon when you're a little tired or something, mm-hmm. I lay on my back and sometimes I'll do a longer version. Sometimes I'll take it like for 20 minutes and just relax each chakra going down my body and then running energy through it with my breath and I know it's tremendously healing I remember the first time I did it when I was about 21 and Mm -hmm. I had just I had been doing all that methadrine and, and I was in horrible health and I did it laying down for maybe 20 minutes and I remember when I got up I felt lighter. I felt healed. Mm. I might have even been spontaneously healed, or it might have taken me a couple weeks or a couple months. But I kept doing that exercise. Being as lazy as I am, I I still to this day do it regularly because I do it flat on my back. And mm-hmm. I often will fall asleep as I, I'll just sometimes <laughs> just fall asleep. In fact, with my family, it's a total joke. I'll say, oh, I'm going to go meditate. And they say, oh, yeah, <laughs> meditate. And they go, this is Mark meditating. And they'll snore. Because <laughs> apparently True. I snore sometimes when I'm meditating. <laughs> but about, and I think about half the time I fall asleep. And that's fine. You get into a deep, full, deep restful sleep. But half the time I'm totally conscious and feel this healing energy going through my body, healing everything. And I know that simple little exercise is what's kept me in perfect health all these years. Well, thanks a lot for that powerful tip. I don't run away from a challenge because I am afraid. Instead, I run towards it because the only way to escape fear is to trample it beneath your foot. Now, this is a quote by triple Olympic gold winner Nadia Komenich. During this round, we listen to stories about how people use challenges, failures or barriers as a stepping stone to success. I'm sure you've had your fair share of challenges as well. So, Mark, take us back to a time when you faced a major challenge. How did you approach the challenge? And then finally, how did you overcome it? (laughs) Yes, uh, everyone's success is built on a series of failures. And in fact, Mm. with the successful people I know, we love to kick back uh, after a dinner and a few glasses of wine to and, and start laughing about our failures uh, wow. uh, because uh, over time they become very funny you know <laughs> when, yeah. when you see what you didn't know we learn so much from our failures the only way to learn how to do anything is to do it and once you do it you quickly learn what you need to learn so I do know I mean starting this company I knew nothing about business nothing mm-hmm. and I just learned as I went and finally we got all these products we were publishing we got a distributor that we'd helped start and they didn't know what they were doing and they ended up collapsing and going bankrupt and not paying us for six months worth of sales and that's where three of the four publishers that started the distribution company collapsed and we were the other one and we were mm-hmm. just hanging on barely because we fortunately had done some uh, marketing to retail people and we had some money coming in from retail but barely enough to keep paying the rent and it was so 
marginal and uh, right on the edge. And that's where I started asking myself, okay, I see the problems. What are the opportunities here? I I feel the adversity. Mm -hmm. What's the benefit? I, I feel the knocks of life. What are the gifts? What gifts are possibly in this situation of having a totally inept distributor that's not paying us? Well, I immediately, as soon as I asked that, I thought, and it seemed like sometimes you ask these questions and it seems like I should preface the answer with saying, duh, I felt like, duh, I should have gotten this months ago. We need a better distributor. We need a distributor who pays on time, duh. So I got on the phone and I immediately found another distributor, got to that distributor. But we were almost bankrupt, that's for sure. But that adversity did teach me so much. It taught me to take charge, to take responsibility, to trust myself and quit looking for someone else to take me by the hand and show me how to do everything in my career because that person just never showed up. I realized it had to be me. So looking back now, what is that one major life lesson that our listeners can take away from your story? One major life lesson, I think... Maybe, I mean, two things come to mind. Within every adversity is an equal or greater benefit. I think that's a major life lesson. Mm -hmm. And then while looking at the benefits, look, look at your strengths and then offer no resistance to it all. And you, you have grace, season, lightness. That, that to me has certainly been a major life lesson that my ease and lightness and happiness is not dependent on the success of my company. So thanks a lot for sharing your story with us. The idea behind this round is for us to learn that each of us has our own set of challenges like you shared. It depends on us whether we see that challenge as an opportunity to grow or just feel bad that we were dealt the wrong hand. And with that, we slide into the next round, which is all about finding a life's true calling or purpose or life's mission, depending on how people like to phrase it. On this topic, Sheikh Nazim once explained, you have begun to hearken to that call. But for most people, it is an unnoticed voice in the innermost recesses of their hearts. So my question to you, Mark, is you've attracted so many things in your life so far. Would you say that you found your life's purpose? And if yes, what is your life's purpose at this point of time? I definitely found it in... I tricked myself into it doing a very simple thing. As I'd mm-hmm. mentioned, when I turned 30, I heard, I'd actually tried in my early 20s a, uh, a back to the land experiment too that did not last long and was a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> taught me a lot, it taught me a lot. It was another failure, but it taught me so much. But one night we were sitting around a fire. I was maybe 22. And this couple said, let's play this game we play at church camp. Let's imagine five years have passed and everything has gone as well as we can imagine. What would our lives look like? We all went around the fire. I've often thought of that night and I do not remember a word of what I said. So it had no impact in my life. But Mm -hmm. the day I turned 30, I had no job I had no income. I really, I had no goals. I was completely unaware of any kind of purpose or mission in life. Or I didn't even think about it. But I decided to play this little game. That little game completely tricked me into discovering my purpose and mission in life. Mm-hmm. Just to imagine 
Five years have passed and you're living the life of your dreams. What does your life look like? Immediately, I imagine, oh, I have this publishing company, which completely surprised me because I had never, ever had any interest in business whatsoever. Wow. In fact, I thought maybe money was the root of all evil. I'd seen the movie Brother, Son, Sister Moon about St. Francis at least seven times in my 20s. And I was trying to live like St. Francis having nothing to do with money. Well, I, I realized years later, oh, he built a huge nonprofit foundation, St. Patrick, St. Francis. He rebuilt churches. He really, mm-hmm. you know, built something substantial. Uh, yeah, he didn't have to deal with money, but he, he created all this stuff that people showered him with blessings and food and uh, all kinds of things as a result. So I realized, okay, I have to deal somehow with money and and that side of it all. And, and there it was in my ideal scene. I started, a, I have a business, a beautiful business, and I write books and music. And years later, I looked back, I realized, yeah, that that's my purpose in it all, to go through what I've been through and then to share that with others to help them realize the life of their dreams. And it just took that simple little game, just the ideal scene, just dare to do it, dare to dream. Five years have passed and everything has gone as well as you could imagine. What are you doing? That tricked me into realizing what my purpose is. Wow. So looking back now, was there a particular moment when you realized that your life was about to change? Take us back to that moment. A particular moment... I think it probably was writing that ideal scene the day I turned 30, sitting with Mm. no money in my little one-room apartment, uh, very cheap. We were scrounging, a word we used all the time, scrounging to get the rent together. Mm. No job, no family support, no money in the bank, no vision of a future Mm -hmm. and then I turned 30 and that was just such a wake-up call was you're not a kid anymore you're 30 you're an adult what are you going to do with your life and so then I sat down and wrote in big letters ideal scene at the top of a and I I imagine I was 35 five years had passed and Mm. I was living the life of my dreams what did it look like and what spilled out amazed me that I even wanted to have a company and all this stuff now It took me many years to realize that fully, especially the big white house on the hill took a lot more than five years. But it took about five years for me to get my company up and running and profitable, just as I dreamed it would be in five years. But I think that's where it changed. Uh, Other than that, as as I achieved each thing, it kind of had a feeling that I'd already done it mentally so clearly. Like when I got my first big profit-sharing bonus... I remember it wasn't a, a a great, exciting moment because I'd already seen that check in my hands very clearly before it came to me. So like Tony Robbins once said, and I clearly remember he said that emotion stems from motion. 
and also motion stems from emotion. So I'm sure that you imagined these things so emotionally that you felt your mind felt as if you had already received those things that you were dreaming about. And so as you mentioned, once you did get it, it seemed very natural. It seemed very uh, not all of a sudden, but it it was already in your mind, and it and it just you just welcomed it, so to speak. Right, right. It was almost kind of anticlimactic in a way mm-hmm. because I had I had imagined it regularly and often. So then it, it happened. Uh, I often say, for me, there is no belief necessary. I just grabbed on the word experiment. When I turned 30, I said, I'm going to try this experiment. I'm going to go for the life of my dreams. Not only that, I'm going to do it in my own lazy way. I'm only going to work when I feel like it. I'm not going to buy into this belief in our society that you have to work 60 to 80 hours a week if you start your own business, which I had been told vehemently by many people, including my own father. I said, I'm going to ignore that. I'm going to try this experiment to create, you know, create the life of my dreams and work only when I feel like it. I've created a multi-million dollar company. I've never worked over 20 or maybe 25 hours a week. I've never, I I don't do mornings. Mm -hmm. I don't do Mondays. I start working Tuesday afternoon. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, that's my dream. And from the beginning, I latched onto that word experiment. I said, I'm going to try this as an experiment. All my doubts and fears said, it'll never work. But I was able to get around them. I literally was arguing with my doubts and fears, looking at them, saying, it'll never work. You've got to work really hard to succeed. Besides, you don't have what it takes anyway. And, and I said, okay, let me try it as an experiment to not only go for my dream, to start this company and build it, but do it in my own lazy way, working only when I want to. They said, it'll never work, never work. And I said, well, look, if it doesn't work, I'll be no worse off than I am now. I had no money. I had no job. (laughs) So even my own doubts and fears had to say, well, yeah, that's true. So I said to them, okay, give me a year or two. Don't bug me for a year or two. I'm going to try this. I'm going to go for the life of my dreams in my own lazy way. And that's my experiment. They said, it won't work. I said, well, it's a worthwhile experiment. Most of my thoughts thought it wouldn't work. The majority of my thinking when I started my company thought I didn't have what it takes. And wanting to do it in a lazy way was impossible. That there was part of me that kept saying, you got to work 16-hour days for a while, Mm -hmm. you know, to get started. You have to really give it full-time focus for a while. And I said, nope, my experiment is to only work when I feel like it. And I was used to musician's hours in my 20s. Yeah. I loved them. You don't do a thing before one in the afternoon. Right, right. One or two, you start your day. That, that works for me in my biological rhythm. I never was a morning person. So that was my experiment. So I encourage everyone to use that idea of an experiment. Look at your life as an experiment. Why not? That's what Buckminster Fuller did. He said in his 20s, he came to the point where he was either going to commit suicide or look at his life as this unique experiment. And fortunately, he chose the experiment to look at his life that way. I heard that. I heard that somewhere in my 20s. And I latched onto that word the day I turned 30. I'm going to experiment with this. This is worthwhile. Later on, it dawned on me, if this works, I'll have a lot to share with people. I'll have a lot to tell people. But I didn't think of that at the time. I was just 
thinking of it purely for myself. Try this experiment. Go for the life of your dreams and start living your dream life right away, which means you only work when you feel like it. Well, thanks a lot for sharing your inspiring story. And with that, Mark, like all things come to an end, we have come to the final round of today's episode. But according to many of our listeners, this is the most exciting round because it's structured just like a rapid fire round. So are you ready? Yes. What is the best advice that you've ever received? Oh, to offer no resistance to life is to be in a state of grace, ease and lightness. Wonderful. Name a personal habit. That contributes to your well-being. Just several times throughout the day, sitting comfortably, taking a deep breath and imagining the light at the top of my head slowly filtering through my body as I breathe out, healing every cell of my body. Mm -hmm. So Mark, do you have a morning ritual? Not really, no. I, I walk outside and I usually say thank you to the universe for something. And I try to find something different every day. And then I often say, guide me. And I listen for today's guidance. And it's usually all miss, almost always the same words. Sometimes it'll just be love, love, love. Sometimes it'll be mm. love, serve, and remember. So I know that you've read thousands of books until now. But if you had to choose just one, what is that one book? That has made a massive impact on your life. The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. For years, I kept saying through my 30s and 40s, the best book I ever read was As You Think by James Allen. Mm -hmm. Or As a Man Thinketh is the original. I edited my own version and took out all the so-called sexist language. Called it As You Think. For years, that was my guide, my North Star, whatever you call it. But then in 1999, I discovered The Power of Now, and uh, that book has been my guide ever since. Mm -hmm. So action takers to access the show notes, head on over to my7chakras.com slash 71. So it's digits, and you will find the links and insights discussed during the show. And make sure you share this episode with your friends and family. I'm sure everyone will have something to take away from today's a wonderful episode. Once again, the link is our website. That's my s e v e n c h a k r a s dot com slash seventy one. So, Mark, do we still have time for a guided meditation for our listeners? I would love to do that. I'd love to do wonderful, a very, very brief guided meditation. The kind of thing I do so often. Sure, I'd love to. Thanks a lot. Let's just sit. Let's just sit comfortably. And close our eyes and take a deep breath and then just relax our body from head to toe as we exhale. Take another deep breath and relax again even more deeply as you exhale from head to toe. Take another deep breath and just let all thought go. Relax your mind. Just feel yourself suspended in this wonderful ocean of light and life. And now just feel the energy at the top of your head, a wonderful vibrant energy at the crown of your head, your crown chakra. Then breathe in and as you exhale, just feel that slowly descend and fill your whole head with cleansing light energy. 
Breathe again and let it slowly descend and fill your whole throat area with cleansing light energy. Take another deep breath and let it slowly descend and fill your heart and lungs with wonderful, cleansing, vibrant life energy. Feel it healing every cell of your body. Affirm that it heals every cell of your body. Take another deep breath and feel it go into your third chakra, stomach and digestive area, healing everything. So you're in perfect health. Take another deep breath and feel it filling your whole pelvic area, your sexual area with healing, vibrant light energy. Take another deep breath, feel it dropping down all the way through your legs and down through your feet and into the earth, healing your legs and every part of you. Then as you breathe in, take that energy up the center of your body. And then as you exhale, let that energy again just flow through your whole body, healing and cleansing. And you can just keep doing that with your breathing. Breathing up, taking it up as you breathe in and letting it go through you as you breathe out from head to toe. And then affirming something like, every day in every way, I am getting better and better. Every day in every way, I am getting better and better. I am in perfect health physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. I am in perfect health physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So be it. So it is. So be it. So it is. Then just take another deep breath, open your eyes, and feel calm, filled with grace, ease, and lightness. Tuned into that endless source of inner peace. So be it. So it is. So, Mark, it was an absolute pleasure having you on our show today. Thank you, AJ. My pleasure. Before you go, tell us one thing that you are really grateful for, and then tell us the best way we can find you. Mm. I am grateful for life itself, the vibrant life force that's in every cell of our bodies and in every cell of everything else in this universe the fact that we're all one united in this great beautiful quantum field surging with life energy and the best way to contact me is to go to markallen.com m-a-r-c-a-l-l-e-n.com i have meditations there and there's video and audio and you can connect with me there my company is newworldlibrary.com you can go there too for a great selection of books that that change our lives in the world newworldlibrary.com or markallen.com so thanks a lot for sharing the links Uh, action takers the links are going to be there in the show notes which is my7chakras.com slash 
1-800-273-8872. Head on there, click the link and really learn more about these powerful concepts like affirmations, creative visualization and know that you have the power within you and you have the power of facing the challenges or the uncomfortable situations that you might face because the true magic lies when you cross your comfort zone. So Mark, thank you so much for coming on our show today, sharing with us that we have the power to manifest our dreams and taking us one more step closer to a human revolution. Thank you, AJ, for all you do. You are listening to My 7 Chakras. Go to mysevenchakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired, and take action. Transform your life today.